I think it's time that we start the conversation to silence the shame. Silence the shame. Silence, silence the shame. Silence is the difference between treatment or pain, life or death. Silence the shame. Speak up now and silence. 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 Silence the shame. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 17 of the Silence the Shame podcast. What's good, Free? Hey, what up, Sean? It's been a minute, huh? It has been a minute. Oh, I just want everybody to know, though, in the new year, in 2019, we're, we're going to have podcasts things. coming out a lot. Okay. So we're going to schedule these things, get them recorded, and keep this content going. But we appreciate everyone that have been listening and sharing the good message and, you know, just really getting people to be okay sometimes with not being okay, right? Mm-hmm. We're continuing to normalize this conversation around mental health and wellness and emotional health and wellness. And, and we got a treat for y'all today. Hey. Woo! Especially, you know, all my folks down south and worldwide who follow this young man. But uh, I'm going to leave him the introduction for last. So next to my left, my good friend and our <laughs> resident licensed healthcare professional, Dr. April Upset. Hey, girl. Hey. How hey, everybody hey, doing? Hey. How y'all doing? Good. How you How doing? You <laughs> just recently had yeah. a little... I did. I just Congratulations. Thank you. Congratulations. Six weeks old now. All round and fluffy. Great guy. I'll keep him. <laughs> <laughs> we love that. But we're glad that you're back at it and in the studio with us. And we're going to have some speaking engagements coming up soon. Right. So, you know, we love the the... Your insight and, and knowledge in this space of mental health awareness. And so we're grateful to have you here today. And last but not least. Hey. So this young man and I had a conversation last week. And I just got to shout out uh, my girl Portia and Teresa Sanders, mm-hmm. who is the publicist extraordinaire that I've known for many years in the entertainment industry um, for, for connecting us. And, and shout out to Dutch. Um, but we had an amazing conversation at a venue called The Gathering Spot in Atlanta, Georgia, to talk about his music. More importantly, to talk about his walk uh, with emotional health and wellness. So in the studio, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, we have Justin Scott, better known as Big Crit, the hey. king, remember, <laughs> in time. What's that name? One time, one time What's for Big Crit. Man? How y'all doing? Oh, man. Yeah, like, man. I feel this is Christmas for real because, like, I was <laughs> just with real. you. Yeah, we was just And then Free it. was sick, who, you know, is a big fan, man, our co-host. It. But now to actually have you in the studio, you yeah. know, it's a real honor and pleasure. Oh, man, it's a blessing to be a part of it, too, man. And I the mean, gathering spot was amazing. We need to continue that. The feedback, know? though, yeah. seriously, yeah. has yeah. been off the chain. Yes, ma'am. And you got all these millennials and young folks talking about emotional health and wellness. That's awesome, man. For the blessing, April. Wave of blessing right yeah. there. Right? Yeah. So shout out to you for real. Thank like you. I for just it. being vulnerable and 100%. open and transparent, you know, about your life. Um, not only about your music, but mm-hmm. just, you know, showing, you know, your fans and people that don't even know you, just the human side. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Showing mm-hmm. them Justin. Oh man, I they got get you. crit all day. Yeah, I did but a whole album them. about it. So I, I got knew. it. <laughs> I'm like, I'm so yeah. late, y'all. It's I know, so crazy you know, I'm not you all call up me my on government everything. name. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I always feel like I'm in trouble when I hear my government no, name. No, that's what that <laughs> means. Like, boy, that's the realest. That's the purest form yes, of you ma'am. right there. Yes, ma'am. It is. And that last album, you know, um, really, you know, the way you you kind of showed us what the the stage side of your artistry was like within the human side, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. With, with with the two personalities. So that was amazing. So three albums in. Yeah. All three, I must say, have been in the top 10 on the Billboard 200 yes, chart. Mm-hmm. So y'all give it up. Hey, yeah. Country Boy doing it big. Yeah, you yeah. already know. Mm-hmm. And then you got this new single out, you yep. know. So um, for those of you that don't know, we need you to head on over to whatever streaming platform streaming platform mm-hmm. you use. You know what I'm saying? Pick it up. It's called Pick Yourself Up. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. So I just want to, you know, tell everybody kind of what that it's song dope, was about way. because <laughs> it's going to lead mm-hmm. us into, you know, our conversation around your emotional health and wellness journey. Pick yourself. Ooh. Ain't nobody helping no broke no broke no broke no broke no broke no pick yourself no pick yourself pick yourself pick yourself pick yourself pick yourself no broke pick yourself pick yourself no broke pick yourself pick yourself income tax check you blow that shit buy that foreign they repo that shit she leave your dick dry, that ain't so Oh man, well Pick your Yourself Up is definitely supposed to be able to motivate you from a lot of different angles. You can actually send it to somebody that you feel like needs to start doing better for themselves. Mm-hmm. That are most, like might lean on you too much. And or, it could be anything any, right, that you're going through. Yeah, it could be financial. It could be just an emotional thing where 
sometimes people have to kind of get to a point where they're not so dependent on others. You have to start right. reflecting on yourself. Well, why are you going through this? What am I doing right. wrong? Um, and for me, it's wanting to put that medicine in good food. Obviously, you got the 808 knocking and the beat jamming, but there's three different variations. The very first one is telling a young man, hey, people aren't going to do everything for you. You have to get mm -hmm. out and get on your own. Mm -hmm. The second verse is about me and seeing people get it and decide, hey, I need to get out here and get this on my own. That's right. And the third verse is about a young woman that thinks it's going to come through because she's dating people and all this when she has perfect examples of women that are independent and getting on, her, on their own mm -hmm. um, and just trying to do that and people not even realize that's the list you catching that's right jamming. that's right but just spread these messages through the music man. i love it and i mean you talk about picking yourself up um you know even this time of year we're gonna talk a little bit more about this later today april but you know how how important is it for you know young kids who may not you know traditionally what's the word like sometimes kids just aren't open to you talking to them about mental health awareness right but then you even play them a song like pick yourself up and you could relate it to what they might be going through like whether it's stress or bullying at school but it still you know could be about emotional health and wellness how important is it for our younger generation to have someone like crit to open up and share wow i, I you know i really think that it's monumental and i'm just gonna tell you why thank you I really think it's monumental because of the fact that there's a filter sometimes that people need in order to have the conversation. Some people just can't come outright and say, this is what I'm feeling, depression, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. anxiety. But being able to have a filter, another set of words to use, mm -hmm. sure. I think that right there just gives people so much, um, not necessarily, I, I want to say freedom, I guess, mm -hmm. to just yeah. communicate. You know, yeah, like, more. this yeah. is how I feel, you know, like... Um, I'm going to play this song. That's right. This is how I feel, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So I really think that's beneficial. Yeah. Free, any thoughts on that? Yeah, I think that it puts the words um, kind of like at their level too because, you know, music is something that everybody shares, mm -hmm. but it's something that is cool on every level. You yeah. Know what yeah. I mean? So when you're in school, everybody's starting to kind of find their musical palette or their journey or mm -hmm. whatever they like, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? So mm -hmm. when you have somebody who's transparent like yourself, um, you know, I watch the Breakfast Club interview, everything, you know Man, what I'm saying? So, like, when you see somebody doing something in an industry where that's not really usually seen as the popular thing, mm -hmm. you yeah. know what I'm saying? But they feel like they can still have swag and do it and talk about it and mm -hmm. say that that's what it is. Yeah. And it's not it's not somebody that doesn't feel relatable. That gives them courage, I think. Yeah, and, yeah. and mm -hmm. to your point of having swag free, you know, Crit, I was looking through some of our comments on yeah. social media <laughs> from last week. Okay. And one young lady, you know, thanked us for having this conversation and, and she said you know one of the reasons why she loves what we do with silence of shame is because we're making and we're not the only ones right but mm -hmm. we're trying to do our part but we're making the conversation cool mm -hmm. and okay mm -hmm. right. 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 for them to be able to have these type of yeah. conversations yeah. right because it's already so, heavy it's heavy. It is. Yeah. a heavy topic i mean growing up i mean you didn't especially where i'm from and in the neighborhoods you just didn't talk about depression a lot Right. You know, it's kind of one of the things, oh, you go and see a therapist, oh, man, you you weak in your That's emotions. Right. And being emotional would be perceived as a weakness Absolutely. when I was younger. And then you get older and you're like, no, no, hold on. Hold on. A lot of the, you know, very successful people that I, right. I look up to, you find out, no, no, they had somebody to talk to. And they were very mm -hmm. aware of their emotions mm -hmm. and what they're going through. And you, the more you suppress those things, the, they come back to haunt you later on in life. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And um, so I'm more than ever telling people, like, young man, ask me, what did you do? I mean, I got a therapist, man. Yeah. I got somebody to talk to that right. wasn't my family that I didn't feel like wanted anything from mm -hmm. me. And it helped me. It kind of replenished all the energy that I needed when I'd have to go into the world and be there for people and help them. Yeah. Um. And so, yeah, man, I'm a big advocate for it. And I'm not ashamed to say it. That's all. And I think a lot of people just have to learn or, you know, realize you don't have to go straight into therapy and talk about your deepest, darkest secrets mm -hmm. on the first day. Sometimes right. you just go in and, and just say... I'm having a tough time. What's going on? I don't know. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I, I mean, there's so many people that have come mm -hmm. when I was um, doing practice that people have come in and just said, I don't know. I just need a place to chill my, my head, man. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, OK, well, let's start there. Yeah, mm -hmm. they need you know? to get out their head. Right. Yeah. That's you know, it. How many people say that? That's yeah. you know, that's kind of like the millennial talk. Like I'm in my, my head on my own thoughts. Right. Isn't it yeah. semi disassociation? When you're in your head, yeah. like I can't, yeah. So that's what I had to explain to a lot of people. Like, man, like, yeah, I'm here, bro, but I'm not really here yeah. for you right now. Yeah. And I didn't realize that till later on. I was like, yeah, I'm disassociating. Like, I'm mm -hmm. like way back here, dog, yeah. and I'm just going through the motions for now. Mm -hmm. 
and it's and that's you a real know, thing. yeah, <laughs> that's a real deal. No doubt, no mm-hmm. doubt. Well, well again, it, it, man, I'm just so excited. <laughs> <laughs> my boy up in the studio. Yeah, man. We're gonna be M E M studio. I know. I already I know. Just I just followed you on you. IG. I, I don't know if you know. <laughs> 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 Oh, okay. <laughs> got another matchup on my IG back to I'm sorry I'm being silly today but I'm feeling good I'm happy you know I was uh not so happy about a year ago this time you know just stressing out but God is good and we on this grind so we're keeping it moving I'm choosing happiness today and as much as I can hey, amen let's go all right all right so my favorite album um, is Forever is a Mighty Long Time, mm-hmm. right? That was the one that was released in 2017, yes, correct? Yes, So um, you decided to split it kind of with your, you know, two personas, mm-hmm. you know, obviously your government name, Justin yeah. Scott, and then Big Crit, as we talked about, um, which is your stage name. I want to highlight the part- this particular line from your song, Drinking Sessions. Okay. I got these ideas. I got a lot on my mind, and it's so hard to put them in a lot of songs. I try to put them all in one, you know, just what I'm feeling, what I'm going through. I've been drinking, so please bear with me. Tell us some of the emotional challenges you were experiencing then. Were you, you know, using alcohol to cope? Um, Mm -hmm. And how did the music help, right? Because a lot of people use uh, art as therapy, if Mm -hmm. you will. And music is a form of art Mm -hmm. and expression. So can you elaborate a little bit on that? Uh, Yeah, definitely. I mean, I was definitely using alcohol to cope at the the moment. And um, between the, the pressure of the business, trying to finalize the album, having a personal life and then not mm-hmm. really being able to express what I was going through at the time. And even in writing that, I, I definitely was drinking. I probably was irrational, dehydrated all at the same time. And mm-hmm. I've learned to to be able to, a lot of stuff I can put on a record. Sometimes I don't know how to express to people in the moment. Gotcha. And the song puts them in a position where they have to listen. They can't pause the song and That's then tell right. me what they think about what I just said. They got to listen to it all the way through. And they, then the reflection happens. And so this particular song, I like had a really bad day. And I didn't want to talk to anyone and everybody was asking me what was wrong and I didn't know how to vocalize it. Mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm. I wrote a song about it. And then you realize how much some of that content well, subject matter relates to them, too. And it relates to this person. Mm-hmm. Then it's like, OK, this song is bigger than just whatever I was going through. Right. Now it's something that I need to put out there. And then it made it easier when people like, man, I didn't know you were going through that. I didn't know you felt like that. Mm-hmm. And then it opens up a whole, a whole nother dialogue, not only on radio, but when people encounter me on the street. And Absolutely. Ask me, man, how you doing it's today? A deeper mm-hmm. connection. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This round. Yeah. yeah. Any thoughts to that? I want. I have a follow up question. For the, uh, so, but um, let's let's just stay on that question for a second. Okay. For, the, for that particular song, I'm I'm sorry. Um, using alcohol as a coping mechanism. Can Can you talk about that a little bit? So I think that's a very very broad it is you know, very mm-hmm. broad topic but but a lot of people do that mm-hmm. you know because it does I did um, it. yeah it takes it you know it kind of makes us it tricks us into thinking that whatever the emotion is it's really gone you mm-hmm. know when we just kind of put a, a blanket over the emotion it's still there you know and i think that a lot of people do use that because it gives us a quick um release it gives us you know it, mm-hmm. it lets it go away really quickly and then as the alcohol you know starts to fade away the emotion and everything comes back and sometimes it comes back stronger because now we have to deal with the effects of the withdrawal mm-hmm. from the alcohol so now we have the depression or whatever we were dealing with plus the anxiety and the other you know psychological mm-hmm. issues that are you know, come as a result of the withdrawal from alcohol so i think that alcohol is a it's a trick. You kind of run to it until it, it, till it catches mm-hmm. you, you know. Yeah. And no matter what the substance is, right, it could be alcohol. It could be pills. It could be, you mm-hmm. know, recreational use of marijuana. I think a lot of our, our young people in particular are using, they're self-medicating, right, mm-hmm. as, as a way to cope. And so I'm just so grateful that you're opening up. Yeah. Um, and just getting people to understand, like, you, you don't have to use that substance, you mm-hmm. know, as a coping mechanism. You know, help is out there. I know, Free, you had some thoughts on that particular song, um, Drinking Sessions. Yeah. I, and I, I'll I, come back to you, April, with your question. Yeah, I wanted to um, ask you, at when did you realize that it was the line? You know, mm. like, when did you say that? Because you're in an industry where that's kind of also celebrated. So you're doing yeah. it when you're celebrating it. You're doing it to get your juice, you know, as some Man. might say. But when did you realize, like, I right, this might be a problem? I mean, well, you start smelling like it off the rip. And mm-hmm. that's that's the first time. You know, it comes are, through them pores, unfortunately. <laughs> people are very much aware that you've been on it. Even if you didn't drink that day, you still smell like it. But um, I don't know, man. I started to, I gained a lot of weight. Mm. Uh, acid reflux, my esophagus started to get real bad because mm. we was drinking champagne. I was that was I was young, so it was like champagne bottle every night, mm. energy bottle before the show. 
was going in. I, you I, said I, a Hennessy bottle before yeah, the show. On, That's yeah. real. We all like because we we partying, and I started yeah. a whole group. Uh, it was called a Drinkers Club. Mm. So that's what we were known for. Mm. Like we party, you know. Um, and so I, I got around. <laughs> I mean, I'm sharing it with people. No, nah, I'm sharing it with people. No, but it was just all those things, and I just started to feel unhealthy. And it's like right around the time I turned thirty mm. is when I was like, okay, I've I've been doing too much. And then you 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 do that thing where you try to stop, but it's like every every aspect of your life between eating hanging out with friends the shows the tours is you still got that party aspect going mm -hmm. and then you find yourself at home and then you just drinking just to be drinking mm -hmm. and then you realize a lot of the relationships that you've built some of them have been built because you weren't sober mm. so once you mm -hmm. try to sober up these people aren't they as start, cool yeah, this is reach yeah. like oh man like we can't hang out delete some of them friends <laughs> I was gonna instagram and your yeah. life you yeah. know um yes yeah, it get real and i just had this one i was in las vegas and we party hard and i just had this really bad hangover and it just i was so dehydrated because i've been hitting it so hard mm. and then i just kind of that's when a disassociation thing happened i was like yeah. whoa and then from that point on, I was like, I got to get a real grip on this. And it's still a battle, yeah. you know. Um, mm. But it's just the realization that I don't have to say yes to this drink just because it's my face. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yeah. then you, you go to places and they so used to you ordering that you don't even have to ask for it. It just mm -hmm. be there. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. true. So now I'm like, nah, bro, I don't, you know. Mm -hmm. So it's, 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 it's battle, man. It's work. Like for me, when I was going through my suicidal ideation in 2015, you know, um, I, I talk about this when I do my talks. You know, you have one drink after you get home from work, long day, glass mm -hmm. of wine, or for me, it might be some rum and coke. Mm -hmm. Shout out to my late uncle. That's mm -hmm. my old school mm -hmm. drink. But then it started becoming two sometimes mm -hmm. three and during that period you know i have had four drinks at my house party of one mm -hmm. and that's a pro that was a problem right mm -hmm. and so i had to figure out a way to channel you know my emotions and, and of course you know getting on my antidepressants that helped all of that and and i found other things to do from a self-care perspective yeah. and so now you know i have gotten to the point where i can you know control that now mm -hmm. right you know i don't go over my limit um especially when you're by yourself and you feel like you're in isolation and you just mm -hmm. start getting in your thoughts in your head mm -hmm. you know i was all up in my head <laughs> by myself that mm -hmm. night and you know the my thoughts were racing like you know you should kill yourself and it wasn't that i wanted to die you know it's just that i needed you know to get help mm -hmm. right to be able to control those thoughts but i knew that utilizing that substance was only exacerbating the problem mm -hmm. i like to think of it like you know you have like a bouncer in your head you know, mm -hmm. when your thoughts come into your head you know you can kind of rationalize them when you're sober you know yeah. but when the alcohol comes in he kind of pays the bouncer off and the bouncer leaves and now the alcohol mm. is having a conversation mm. with you you know and, uh, and if you think about it interesting sometimes analogy. if you think about it it's almost like um it's a different entity or something you know like mm -hmm. you you might be saying i'm feeling really bad you are feeling bad I'll bet you know and you're just yeah. like but wait a minute you know but exactly. I really do think that alcohol brings with itself just you know brings with other things with it you know and if Agreed. you're by yourself drinking and things like that you're not necessarily able to I don't know block or stop or you know yeah. it's harder to stop certain thoughts mm -hmm. you know because they, they they bombard you absolutely you know? wow Dr. April I know you had a question for um Rick. I just wanted you to elaborate if that's possible on something you had said earlier where you were um you said you weren't able to convey it outside of the song you were mm -hmm. saying the way I was feeling I wasn't able to put it into words and I mm -hmm. just wanted to just for some of the listeners out there who that might have touched with them you know I really want to say something but I don't know how what is that emotion or feeling like what was happening where you were like I don't have the words mm -hmm. that's a great question I mean because you 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 you're dealing with also whatever how the person's going to view you and depending on who you're talking to you're talking to somebody that needs your help they're going to be like well man what are you worried about I, they're going to look at your problem versus their problem right, and okay. then they're going to be like well i'm dealing with all this you ain't got to worry about that mm -hmm. if it's somebody that you work with you know just through the business you're going to be worried about if they're going to tell somebody else about this emotional state you're in and what you're yeah. dealing with and you just get to a point where you just stop expressing it you stop yeah. telling people how you feel because the first thing is like man what you man you doing it people look at yeah. all the good things in your life and you just may be focused on one topic and but it just shatters all the positivity and you don't want to be that person that's not you proceed to not be happy with what you're getting what, you're okay. what you have in life mm. um and at that at that moment when i was dealing with all that i, I still was trying to figure out a way am, am i doing what i'm supposed to be doing 
Mm-hmm. And the time that I'm spending getting all this and these accolades aren't enough and the material things aren't doing anything for me. When the average person be like, man, you got the car in the house. How can I complain about that? Mm-hmm. You know? And so that's why it got to a point where it's like, well, I'll put it in my song. And hopefully to understand it. And again, doing the Justin Scott side made it very obvious how I could go out here and be Big Crit and then be at the house and be Justin Scott. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's like a dichotomy. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. It's like, you know, I could put it in the art, you know, in my art form. And that's the only way I can do it because I have no safe place to land with the people around me. Mm-hmm. There's nowhere for me to... To, to release yeah. it, you mm. know, so I just, I'll hold it and I'll put it, but, you know, I'm glad that you have the oh, yeah. outlet. Man, music art. is a punching bag, it's a yes, therapist. It is. Yes, it is. <laughs> it's a, it's a right. bouncy ball, mm. it's whatever you want to <laughs> be, you know? and, and some of these songs, people don't have to hear. It's just the fact that I was able to say it yeah. out loud, mm-hmm. you know. Absolutely. Um, next thing I want to get into a little bit is just the life of being Excuse me, a lyricist, a rapper, a celebrity, if you mm. will. It, it, it's crazy. And sometimes the hype of social media, mm-hmm. you know, can be a lot to deal with from an emotional health and wellness standpoint. The stress, you got people trolling on your page, mm. leaving mm-hmm. crazy comments. Mm. Like for me now, I know that I all I always try to make sure that I delete you know what's being said if mm. it's negative because i just don't want that energy in that space okay. you know even in my space on instagram so mm. how do you cope with that with with the stresses of of social media and just you know being a celebrity and you know that well, lifestyle first off i don't because it's a lot of pressure right? yeah i don't <laughs> i don't read be. comments i don't read okay. comments mm. i post a picture and i leave okay. it there yeah. <laughs> and, and, and I'm going to tell you, I, I guess the way IG works now with a comment, if you don't open it, the only comments you really see are the people that follow you mm-hmm. or like, oh, yeah. are they are they in that industry or you follow mm-hmm. them. So yeah. I don't read comments. Social media, I try to keep it to a very bare minimum sometimes when I'm just indulging in it or looking at stuff. Because, I mean, it's, it's almost like food for your soul, right? You got to be very careful what you intake. And me, I used to be the guy, like, I'm literally going to read every comment. And it's going to be that one person that didn't like the song. And now I, my brain's like, well, why they didn't like it? Mm-hmm. And I'm focused on that, aside from everything that's positive. And, and, you know, you've seen situations where that can really, <clears throat> like, send an artist, right, or celebrity into a downward spiral. Yes. When you're, it, when you're so, like, um, obsessed, if you will, almost about what everybody is saying about mm-hmm. you. And I hear so many people, whether they're actors or musicians or whatever, and they say they have to block that noise out yes. because mm-hmm. the anxiety that you can experience from that is too much. Yeah. And I think we're seeing a lot of our younger people going through that, not e- people that are just everyday folks, mm-hmm. right? The stresses of bullying and, 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 you know, just all the comments and stuff. It's too much, man. I don't I don't think is i mean i'm naturally an introvert mm-hmm. and so yeah and so what happens is i had to become i had to get more comfortable in my skin with being around a lot of people talking about my personal life even the music even before i get on stage mm-hmm. and um a lot of me doing the the double album and expressing justin scott was to make me feel more comfortable in being an introvert mm-hmm. so i wouldn't have to lean on my vice in order to turn mm-hmm. this liquid courage that i need to just yeah. be right. big creep whenever right. um music industry or just entertainment industry in general there's something that is off-putting i guess about so much attention being paid to you as an individual mm-hmm. because we naturally are built we're going to make mistakes we're going to disappoint people we're going to do stuff that just in the the public eye might not be regular or natural or we all go through our own emotional experiences but when you find yourself in a position where you can't say what you want you don't know how to say what you want mm-hmm. when you go out you gotta you literally on eggshells because people are waiting on your train wreck mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. i think that Ooh, that could definitely you know boy you just said a mouthful you know pass around that plate <laughs> <laughs> pass around that plate I, people that, are yeah. waiting on your tra- that yeah, is, that yeah, goes cool. in life in general 100%. and i think you know i want to direct With this message breath. to mm-hmm. you know if you're parents and you got young kids let them listen to this podcast because we try to keep our podcast pretty clean pretty pg so that it can be a, a family mm-hmm. experience but you know it is a lot of young kids taking their own lives right now and that is not cool no. on mm-hmm. any level so you know what else can you say to these young kids who may be experiencing the bullying and the suicidal ideation because like you said so much of this you know you can relate to whether you're a celebrity or an everyday person mm-hmm. and then dr april i'd love for you to chime in mm-hmm. on that I mean, I mean, definitely, well, again, social media will put people in a position where they the value of life isn't as um, expressed. Mm-hmm. And so um, when I was growing up, if something happened to someone, I couldn't 
see it visually like mm-hmm. you hear about it on the news mm-hmm. it's not necessarily a clip being played over and over yep, again right. it's not a post being shown it's not right. a website i can go watch it um right. or the way it's shared the this it's it's such an open field and i think we have to be very careful with the the kind of content uh, that a child can see and view mm-hmm. um and how it's spread and how it's shared because that can somewhat seem like an escape or a cry for help is just the forever cry versus mm-hmm. oh I'm I think I might do something to myself versus yeah. you actually doing it. Um it's just it's really unfortunate. I, I think the you know, obviously something like this maybe will help with the dialogue and talking. Um sometimes parents are at work and they're working very hard mm-hmm. and they don't really understand what may, may be going on in their child's life because right. The school system got your child from the morning till yep. three or four o'clock. Yep. If they go to after school, it's till five. You know, they get home, they do homework, they got a year to go to bed. Yeah, You're probably too right. tired to have that yep. conversation, and before you know it, it's too late. That's right. Um, and so it's it's just trying to fit. I don't even know does the school system have these kinds of things. I mean, uh, counselors were a thing, you know, <laughs> when I was growing up. I don't know how and they still do. They're still they there. Still, yeah, April, you want to elaborate a little bit? No, I was just gonna. I mean, I I think that that kind of hits the nail on the head. But I do think that parents have to insert themselves. I think that there has to be you know some assertiveness about you know inserting yourself into the to situations. But also you know, um, you know when. A young lady here, she's beautiful all her life by her dad and her brothers and her uncle. And mm-hmm. then that one person tells her that she's unattractive. It's the same concept that happens mm-hmm. on social media. That one person will tell you're unattractive and then you'll start to question, am yeah. I not pretty? My daddy said I'm pretty. But, you know, and it's the same thing that happens on social media. You'll have a bunch of people telling you're mm-hmm. great. And then one person will come and say you're not great. And then you'll focus on that. But I think that with the bullying and the way that people are starting to kind of um, turn this dark corner is that we do have to really be assertive about how much we limit for our children and really via having, social media mm-hmm. or just in general in social both. settings. Okay, both. But but I'm in in terms of social media limiting what they see because it, we're almost becoming desensitized mm-hmm. and not being able to know what's reality and what's you know what's fake. Mm-hmm. You know, is yeah. this, mm-hmm. people will say this is fake. You know, if you put it at the bottom of a video, but that's someone's real life and that right might right. really be happening. Sure. Mm-hmm. And we become desensitized to the point where young people, in my opinion, aren't able to delineate. Or make the difference between yeah. is this person really sad or are they just doing this for attention? Mm. Please they just elaborate really, a little bit you know, more on that. I think parents, you know, grapple with that too. They have a problem trying to figure out is the kid just being a bratty teenager mm-hmm. or are they really going through something? And you know, this is one thing that um, you know, I, I tell my husband sometimes when we when we have our kids, you know, even if he has a little fever, just take him to the doctor. What's the worst that could happen? Mm-hmm. What's the word the doctor says he's fine? Mm-hmm. If your child comes and says, you know, mom, I'm feeling a little little sad. That's real talk. Even if it's a little sad, just go to a therapist. What's the worst that could happen? Mm-hmm. The therapist say, you know, this is, this is fine. He'll be fine, you know, by Monday. Or I think he should be in therapy. It cannot hurt. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I think if, if people... And not just parents, but, you know, um, siblings, people who are, you know, with other young people. Mm-hmm. If you see that the person is saying, you know, something's not right... What's the worst that could happen going out and getting them some some support? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I, um, I wanted to ask about with the with the price frame a little bit. It's uh, funny I was going to go into that. I'm gonna yeah. let you start and then <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna come back. My bad. I, um, no, you, you could. It ain't no my bad. <laughs> You're my co-host. Right. Get on in there. You mentioned like getting things and then not knowing if you felt. Um, appreciative of them at that moment when you were going through it like you know like people might say to you like you got all of this mm-hmm. and then now you're feeling down how can you feel down with that mm-hmm. i wanted you to talk a little bit more about that because um i know people and even in myself even in myself like i've been praying for things and then you get it mm-hmm. and then it's not that you're not happy that you got it but it's almost like i don't want to feel like i'm looking for something new to be upset about Mm. you know what i mean so it's like Mm -hmm. you're you're getting exactly what you're asking for you're getting what you're working for and then it makes you i don't want to say second guess but i mean i've experienced that Mm -hmm. i've experienced second guessing but just can you speak to what it's like to be in a position of um what everybody else thinks is the dream okay but it's not necessarily like the best position at that moment well i mean I, i was at one point i just wanted people to hear my music and i think that was probably the purest form of me asking and praying and, and thinking about my career it's like i just want to be heard mm-hmm. and then you get hurt and then you want the accolades and then you right. want the magazine covers you want the the opportunities and the recognition and those things are it kind of goes hand in hand with like materialistic aspects yeah. where they come and then okay yeah. what's next so for me it was like happiness was the thing that i felt like is so 
it's something that daily you have to try to find that. Ooh, I so, tell joy and happiness. Yeah, so I'm. That's what like. All right, I'm just praying for happiness now because mm. this car ain't gonna get it for me. This crib, these clothes, none of that. Because you acquire all this stuff, and it, it you know most of it's conspicuous consumption. You're only buying it because somebody can see you in it. You can't mm. see yourself wearing it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and once those things, I had them. They just they weren't doing anything for me. Mm-hmm. And then encounters with people the last tour i did was probably the most inspirational tour that i've done because really? people knew what i was going through they heard it in the music so that hug isn't it's real this is a mm. real hug like man thank you and it's i'm just the handshakes the encounters and their stories were all filling me with what i needed that i wasn't getting from the music industry what i what i wasn't getting from the label what i wasn't getting from um the materialistic things i was acquiring and so Amen. that's why i'm on this this mission this journey just talking to people just being there for the community and doing what i can because that's where i'm gonna find my happiness and my my place where it's not about how many albums i sell or what people mm. think about me musically but as a human being yeah which yeah, yeah. <laughs> well i'll yeah, tell y'all yeah. something we sitting up just, here with greatness right here i'm yeah. sorry i had <laughs> to no, just that's, that's, isn't that just a lie from the pit though that if you get these right. things then oh you will be gosh, happy right. it's almost like is there mm, like a yep. small but see, that elf me. running right. around 100%. just whispering you know because it happens to everyone everybody if, if i could just get this doctorate then i'll be if i could mm. just buy this house then i'll it's be like and then after a while more. you're like you know what if i could just wake up you know? right. <laughs> just wake up right. and just get I'm just you start, know that right you. there you know but that mm-hmm. just just it just makes me so frustrated and so I, I I felt like that one second I uh-huh. felt like that when I was head of you know mm-hmm. marketing working in the music industry for a lot of labels I had the money I had the, the Range Rovers three different editions of mm-hmm. you know every kind of Rover you can have and the the I didn't do red bottoms, but I had all the Chanel bags and mm-hmm. Louis Vuitton bags and Gucci bags you would want. But it still didn't make me happy, right? And mm-hmm. I, I was, I was chasing something, mm-hmm. and I was not being fulfilled. And even though I walked away at the height of my career for personal reasons, you know, it was one of the best decisions I ever made. And I'm not telling anybody to walk away when you live in your dream or whatever. But for me, I was, I felt like a little bit of my soul was like, you know, being you know, removed from me every mm-hmm. single day. And, and God was just trying to push me in a different direction because, you know, that price of fame, you know, I wasn't an artist, but and we didn't have Instagram or social media back then, but you were still chasing something, I right? Mean, right? And I didn't have that joy, that happiness, that inner peace that I was looking mm-hmm. for. I literally was miserable living in New mm-hmm. York City. Um, so, like, you, you have this one line in the song, Price of Fame, fiending for affection, so I'm buying out the section. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that was me back in the day. I mean, I was in, I was doing it back then because I could, because we had the expense account, so it was fun. But like, I felt like I was still fiending for some type of affection and love that I just wasn't getting, mm-hmm. and I thought those were in things, right? Mm-hmm. And everything that I could buy, and like for me, you said it was happiness. For me, it's peace. Mm-hmm. Like, none of that matters. At the end of the day, I just want to wake up in peace. Mm. And I want to live in peace. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to deal with any of the drama. And I still like nice stuff or whatever. Yeah. But, like, it matters about the people I'm around, the work that I'm doing in the community, like you said, how I'm able to affect people. Um and like, man, F fame. Like, it don't matter mm-hmm. no more. Like, you either with me or you not. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like that. Like, some some friends I used to have I don't have now and I, I you know no love loss or whatever but mm-hmm. like I just need to be around people that are like minded that value my emotional health and wellness mm-hmm. right and that really understand what it means to have peace love self care joy and happiness all the fruits of the spirit that the Lord my Lord talks about mm-hmm. I don't want to impose my religious beliefs but the fruits of the spirit is what's important and mm-hmm. what matters most so like I'm just so in tune with everything you're saying and just grateful for this conversation. I appreciate it. For our listeners and and for those that are open to receive it. And this was for April. Do you think that it's a sense of um, being consumed in competition? Because, like, I think that to some Mm. degree it's healthy to always have something new to strive for, but it's different when you, like can't turn you can't turn that like desire into gratitude you know like once you actually get it and now i'm grateful versus like i get it and i don't forgot that i even wanted that i still Mm -hmm. want something else so i think that sometimes we lose you know in our struggle our strive i think Mm -hmm. we lose what the actual goal is you know sometimes we're meeting objectives Mm -hmm. along the way but Mm -hmm. we lose what the actual goal is if the goal was i just want my music heard you know Mm -hmm. there are certain objectives along the way that happen you know Mm -hmm. but if the goal ultimately was I want my music heard, then I think we lose sight of it. 
because there's so many things happening here, we'll lose mm-hmm. sight of it. And then um, we kind of, you know, well, thank you so much for this, but I haven't achieved my goal. Thank right. you so much for this, but I haven't achieved my goal. And I think reframing the way that we review things and saying, you know, I, I actually have achieved it. Because sometimes we've achieved things a long time ago. Yeah, you know, when facts. we just get stuff, we're just like, you know what, I got to have this bag, you know, or just right. whatever, you know, whatever it mm-hmm. is. But we've achieved it a long time ago and taking a minute to stop. And reframing and turning around and looking at the entire horizon and saying, oh, there's my goal. I did achieve it, you know, mm-hmm. and basking in that. And mm-hmm. I think we have to slow down. I think, mm-hmm. uh, honestly, we're always, you know, every time you turn your TV on or the radio, <coughs> it is like, you need this, you need this, you need that. You need, mm-hmm. And by the time you're, you wake up in the morning, you're wearing 12 pairs of shoes, you got on seven hats, you know, 14 mm-hmm. pairs of gloves, you got to have on all the lipstick. You just outside looking ridiculous, That's you right. know, mm-hmm. when you just need to get up in the morning. Mm-hmm. That's, That's right. the goal is wake up. That's right. You can't put none of that on if you don't wake up. Mm-hmm. You know. So yeah, I, I think competition is important, but I don't think I think that um, healthy competition is important. Mm-hmm. Um, like, um, and if I could just use this real quick, yeah. And when I'm at church or something, or we're talking about singing praise and worship, I'll tell don't try to sing my song to God the way I sing it to God. Sing your song to God the mm-hmm. way you do. Mm-hmm. We can both be leaders. Mm-hmm. We can both be great singers. But mm-hmm. you sing your song. The way you do it, or whoever I'll sing you believe way, in, mm-hmm. I'll do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, yeah. and in that way, when our competition is not this way. We're just mm-hmm. both trying to sing that. our song as mm-hmm. best as we can to Him. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? Absolutely. Versus, I'm, I'll sing you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And the Lord is like, so are y'all singing to me or not? Right, 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 right. No doubt, I love it. Um, so a, a big part of of what we do at Silence and Shame is is promoting. Um, just good emotional health care mm-hmm. and wellness, right, for yourself and particularly self-care and enjoyment. Um, one of the things I like to do, I told you guys, I, I find my happy place going th- to a thrift store, consignment store, you know, vintage shops and, and remixing stuff so I can wear these silence of shame tops when I speak. <laughs> I'm doing some sneakers now. I can't wait. <laughs> but anyway, what do you do for self-care? Like, what, what can you share? Because we do these self-care, um, silence of shame self-care Saturday events mm-hmm. and we might offer a yoga, hip hop yoga class or just a regular yoga class, um, painting, you know, cooking, anything. So we, mm-hmm. we're, we're trying to really make this a big priority for us in 2019. Okay. But let our listeners know what you do for self-care. It could be prayer. It could be meditation, yeah, like um, whatever works for definitely, you. Definitely, definitely trying to wake up and get that good 15 minutes of meditation if I can. Mm-hmm. Um, the gym is an awesome place to be. Just yeah, to get getting out. those endorphins yeah. going. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Um, trying to, on top of that, eat better. Um I, I I used to paint a lot and draw a lot until I met Maya Bailey. Mm. He's an oh. artist in Atlanta. Yeah. And he he kind of ruined it for me because he's just <laughs> so dope at it. That yeah. Like, okay. yeah. But um, I've gotten back into doing that for myself. Oh, just nice. trying to express what I'm feeling with a blank sheet of paper. And I love it's that. It's just for me. It's not necessarily showing it to everybody else. But Authority. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know. And um, it, it goes back to that, I guess, sitting down and just being just waiting and taking our time in order to draw something it, it's, it's time consuming i can't really look at my phone as mm-hmm. much and i can kind of get away <laughs> from everything and be quiet mm-hmm. i think it's very important for us to be quiet sometimes too mm-hmm. um turn all the you know the tv off and stuff and just be still and then see yeah. what comes out of that yeah free what do you do for self-care mm, man i'm still working on that i think um it's so important my brother one one of them is i am you said you're a natural uh, introvert. I'm, I feel like I'm an extrovert loner. So, like, I'm somebody who likes... I don't mind being around people, and it's mm-hmm. natural for me, but I have to be alone when I got to be alone. Mm-hmm. So and is that for yourself? It here? is. It is for myself. Okay. Um, I kind of like to pull back. I agree. I do a lot of things in silence. I actually don't tend to ride to the radio or music at all. Okay. You know, that's something that, like... Because I think what's happening is that people... It kind of gives you a chance to recenter yourself with that yes, and of I, the silence. And I think that we, like, are consumed in things because we're kind of scared of our thoughts. Like, we don't like mm. to kind of actually hear what it is that we do need to think about. Mm-hmm. And so we don't really work that out. We just keep bombarding it with something else. So I spend a lot of time in silence. And I think that that's kind of like a self-care thing for me, almost indirectly. Dr. April, how important is self-care in our overall emotional health health and wellness? I think it is. Um, I mean, there's just, I can't even put a number on it. I mean, it, there's no way to quantify mm-hmm. it. You have to do it. Yeah. You have to have to Even get if with you're yourself. not going through something, right? I mean, just mm-hmm. period. Like, yeah. we have to do it, period. You yeah. know, there's, there's whole sections in books, you know, come away, be still. Mm-hmm. Those, you know, you have to do it, you know, because the world is just constant stimulation. Yeah. Yep. You know, we have to do it. 
it's important. It really Everyone is. Everyone to do it. Crit, uh, mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you, uh, are you a spiritual person and have you ever been to therapy? Well, yes, definitely have been to therapy. I've been going like two and a half years now. Okay. Mm. Um, Shout out definitely to therapy. Yeah, yeah. Some, it ain't for everybody, <laughs> but those that need it, don't knock it till you try. Straight up. Um, definitely spiritual. Um, my, uh, I was raised in the Bible Belt, Meridian, Mississippi, my grandmother. Okay. Definitely the in the sip. church. Yeah, definitely in the church. And um, yeah, I, I put it in my music a lot. Like, okay. I'm a God-fearing man. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so I don't mind people knowing that. I do fall short at times, and I express that in my mm-hmm. battles. Just so people, and I have a song called Mixed Messages. Yeah. And it was important for people to understand, like, man, I, I feel, sometimes I feel this way, sometimes I don't. Yes, I like strip clubs, but I don't want to see my sister dancing one. Mm-hmm. It's like I deal with these, <laughs> these, these, this mentality, and mm-hmm. I think we all do. And uh, it's just about being vocal and honest about it mm-hmm. and apologizing about some of my subject matter in the earlier parts of my yeah. career yeah. based off of where I'm at now and how I feel. And, mm-hmm. And just being aware as an artist, I am going to have to be responsible for what I put out there in the universe, whether people hold me responsible or not. It's still right. an energy. It's what I can be remembered by. A song I did 15 years ago still might impact somebody now, and I have to be aware of that. That's right. Mm. Um, and to me, that's that's just me holding myself accountable. I don't, I'm not asking every other artist to do that, but that's just how I feel no about doubt. myself. And, and the fact that you said, you, you know, you've been going to therapy now for two years, you know, oftentimes, you know, in our culture, right, being people mm-hmm. of color, um, therapy can be frowned upon, mm-hmm. and especially being a black man. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how important is that for our uh, men of color to be okay with sharing with a stranger? Because we're, st- we're trying to break this stigma mm-hmm. that therapy is a bad thing and that, you know, people think they're crazy if they go see a therapist, which I hate that word. But I mean, you know, before you met your barber, he was a stranger, right? So, you know, or when you go buy your car, when you go do what you do, you know, so I, I yeah. really think that just going in sometimes for some people, it's easier to go talk to a stranger, mm-hmm. you know, a person mm-hmm. who at the end of the day, if they do judge you like, I don't care, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know you, you know, mm-hmm. so I do think that for men, you know, especially men of color, you know, even if you just go for a two or three times you know yeah. you never know how much it'll impact you and give yeah. you the you know the tools or the coping skills you need and sometimes you don't have to go some people think you have to go and unpack everything sometimes you're just going to get a few coping skills that's right mm-hmm. sometimes you're just going to get the words to say that's right you know mm-hmm. sometimes you're just going to get a little bit enlightenment you know and mm-hmm. that's okay I, one thing I, I always champion it though is when you go look for a therapist do it the same way you look for a car Mm-hmm. Or you look for shoes. Don't just go to the very first therapist you see mm-hmm. because they have a nice awning, you know, you mm-hmm. know, and then you're telling them something and they may not be fully equipped at the time to help or support. Mm-hmm. But really shop around and, until you find the person who you can pour out everything mm-hmm. to. You That's know what I'm saying? Right. Like that I really champion that. I really believe in that. That's right. Yeah. Um I definitely encourage people to go. Um most people, especially if you come from low income neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. Um, you mm-hmm. don't realize that you have post traumatic syndrome mm-hmm. normally because you're you've been raised in put in a position where Absolutely. your parents are like I'm gonna discipline you so you don't go out here and get disciplined from yeah. somebody that don't mm-hmm. care about you mm-hmm. the way you maneuver in the hood the idea of seeing the violence the way the police are the, the portrayal mm-hmm. of I don't think I'm gonna make it past 21 and then mm-hmm. you get past 21 like what is 25 living That's life like that thing. puts you in a traumatic That's space true, yeah. and mm-hmm. so when you get older you do turn that corner and I'm hoping you do as a 30 40 50 and you're gonna run into that that paranoia again mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it's going to be detrimental to you on a blood pressure level mm-hmm. on anxiety yeah, level mm-hmm. so yes. you kind of got to go and start unraveling that that that, that trauma. nature that, that yeah. trauma that you experienced and didn't even realize it that fear um yeah. that you have that you might didn't you don't need it necessarily yeah. or that anger yeah. that you don't need now and before you take it out on someone else. I'm so glad you brought that up because we've talked about this on past episodes about, you know, the PTSD that some of our, our children and young adults mm-hmm. and even, you know, adults experience in a lot of our underserved communities mm-hmm. and populations. Um, it's really, really important. So mm-hmm. I'm glad that you, you definitely opened up and, and shared about that. Yeah, we, it's just about. Again, as we said earlier, being okay with not being okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and being able to open up and share. You mm-hmm. know, it's just so important. Um, wow, man. I'm yeah, just so blown dope. away. <laughs> this, is, this is good stuff right here. Yeah, I'm very hyped about this. Free, I know you had another question for Chris um, before we get ready to close out because I know we can't keep him in here yeah, all day. I know, I know. Work on the new music. Yeah. Right, right, yes, right, right. yes, yes, yes. Um, 
just one thing that I wanted to ask about always is how did your emotional space during those times affect maybe like your relationships and business? Like what were some of the signs that like, or did it bleed out into business and relationships? Mm, it definitely did. Um, there's a, isn't the anxiety of, of just doing work that was normally simple for me. Mm-hmm. And, um, and a lot of it again goes back to the irrational aspect of failure mm-hmm. or am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Uh, is this my best work? Mm-hmm. It was hard for me to be comfortable with the music I was making or complete a task because I couldn't see the finish line. Mm-hmm. And whatever emotional things I was dealing with at the time, if, if I was suppressing it, when it came time for me to just smile about uh, something that happened, like, man, this is a great opportunity. It just happened to you. I couldn't find the happiness in it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then that would turn into me kind of, you know, putting my, some people on my team, kind of making them sad, like, damn, bro. Like, I just, if everybody's looking at me like, man, I just want to see you happy, bro. Mm-hmm. I just want to see you happy. And right. me, I just, it wasn't going to come from the accolades. It wasn't going to come from my opportunity. It was going to come from me having to go sit down. And start to unravel a lot of this, um, mm-hmm. a lot of the frustration that I had throughout my career, a lot of the anger that I had, the competitive nature that you talked about. Mm-hmm. I had to call my dad one day and just tell him that I had done enough competing and I should just make music. Like, like I just need mm-hmm. you to tell me that I've competed enough and now I can just work mm-hmm. and just do what I love. And he was like, yeah, Jay, you, you, you've exceeded all expectations for me. Mm-hmm. And that unlocked a door for me to not look at a rapper that I feel like I'm supposed to be there and be like, he ain't dope. Now it's like, man, that's jamming. Mm-hmm. Bro, good job. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, <laughs> and it allowed me to just be in my space where it doesn't matter what somebody else is doing. I'm, I'm just working. Doing like you me. said, I'm, yeah. I'm yeah. singing my song the way I need to sing it. Yeah, right. yeah. It's my song. Yeah, and so it, it, it affected my team. And shout out to them for being patient with me. Mm-hmm. You know, and and being the kind of people that was like, all right, bro, whatever you need to do, take your time. We come back to this music stuff later, but get healthy. Mm-hmm. So, I yeah. love it and you know going back to what we were just talking about with with um being able to open up and just talk to anybody and you know April you Dr. April you said sometimes your barber you know they're strangers or it's the first person that you see I'm excited to announce um that in 2019 Silence to Shame will be providing mental health first aid training um to various groups and people mm. in the community Cameron Triplett who as our communications manager is also trained now she has her certification um so you know it's like getting CPR training yeah. right <laughs> but I, we are putting together initiative and we didn't come up with this it's been done in other cities but nobody's really done it in atlanta yet mm-hmm. so we are going to offer free mental health first aid trainings for barbers and hairstylists oh that's oh, dope yeah that's and so that's it's kind of like mm-hmm. our grassroots that's effort crazy. and i'm gonna do a little i want to try to take it a little bit a little further because i've been researching it you know of course we're gonna put a little swag on ours right, right, and, right, right, and right, step right, it up and get some hopefully some big folks involved in the city but we're gonna start um, offering this in the first quarter and we're just really excited so you know you got whoever line you up tell them you know oh yeah no, I guess. and it's an eight hour yeah. class right so we have to figure out the best day of the week probably a monday because mm. most salons are closed on monday mm, yeah. so we'll do it on a monday and you know we'll, if you're in the atlanta area you can sign up it's going to be a lot of information coming on our website um we also going through some rebranding and doing some stuff so 2019 is going to be Big things popping, hopefully, for science. We're going to claim it. Yes. We're, uh, we're barbers and uh, hair, hairdressers. That's real. Original therapists. That's right. That's real. That's right. Wow. So yeah. we're taking it back to the roots. <laughs> yeah, that's that's, that's right? the roots. So we're excited about that. So I just want to end on a high note with this wonderful music that you're putting out. Okay. Um, I know you're not going to tell too much because that's Mm-mm. part of the allure. <laughs> yes, ma'am. But is okay. it anything else musically, personally, or anything you're doing that you want to share with our listeners um, for 2019? Musically, no. I'm working. Okay. I'm right. working. Y'all heard it first. He's still in that studio. <laughs> nope. Y'all got two songs. There's a lot more to come. Oh yeah. No, it, trust me. It's gonna be crazy. I don't yeah, don't worry. What about acting? Are you gonna act or yeah. I know you're doing some foundation stuff too. Or yeah. you just recently presented a check in your home. Yeah, Boys and Girls Club. Tell it was love. That. that was beautiful. That was beautiful. Um literally three hundred uh three hundred kids from the age of probably four to 15 okay and um yeah it was amazing just to see that energy and i'm, I'm like i'm when i get down there like my accent really comes out mm-hmm. and so uh <laughs> it's okay to the southern draw because yeah. i know they understand everything That's i'm right. saying for That's real right. um but it was just amazing the, the energy the positivity to um i was i don't know i don't think they realized how much i was inspired by them though mm. because their honesty is different a child's honesty is like if they like you they like you if they don't they don't <laughs> no way around right. it mm-hmm. and um for it to be that many 
that many children and um it was this young man shout out to big belt that's what they call him his name's rodney mm -hmm. okay but he freestyle and uh he oh, killed wow. it and everybody i was like man who can rap here and all the kids like rodney rodney <laughs> no, he and so he and, he and he killed it and it's just you know just to encourage him and that energy is it was necessary. And That's we talked right. about a large amount of things from uh, obviously um, not only depression, but we talked about gang violence and, mm -hmm. you know, having to be more aware of our community and, uh, you know, mm -hmm. and just being positive to each other and yeah. treating each other kind. Mm -hmm. yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's just amazing. That's I'm, I'm, awesome. I'm going to go home a lot. I got <laughs> yeah. We need that. Kids. Yeah. I gotcha. love it's it. Future, yeah. Well, tell our listeners how they can follow you and okay. support you. Um, yeah, I'm on Twitter at B-I-G-K-R-I-T. Also on Instagram at B-I-G-K-R-I-T. Um, yeah, reach out. All yeah. right, so you heard it first here. Um, well, not first, but you hearing it second here, yeah. I guess, because we had this conversation. It's hopefully all good. Around Some people, it's the first time. What mm -hmm. what Big Crit has has shared so personal his information. Uh, I mean, his emotional health and wellness journey, and we're just so grateful. You know Thank that you. you opened up and and allow our Silence and Shame platform to be one of the safe places and spaces that you were okay you know to to talk and share so um, yeah, any parting yeah. words for chris uh no nah, i appreciate you i appreciate you doing this man man thank and you. there's always lives that that this impacts um uh, one last thing what advice would you give to yourself looking back hmm should have got therapist a long time ago <laughs> yeah got a therapist a long time ago man um mm -hmm. and uh, instead of suppressing so many of my um what i was dealing with I should have been telling people exactly how I was feeling in the moment. Mm. And there's nothing wrong with the word no in business. I think mm. I came from a long line of Ooh. if somebody asked me to do something, I, I felt like, all right, bro, I got you. Mm. I'm going to figure out a way to do it. And if I couldn't accomplish it, it would bear on me. Even though my schedule was crazy, it was like, oh, man, I can't believe it. I feel like I let that person down. Mm. The word no is very powerful in business. Yes, it is. And, and it's, no, it's powerful <laughs> in your personal life, in life too. in general. Right. No, but. No will set yeah. you free sometimes. Yes. Can I get so, a couple of no's? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I, that's what I tell them. Get a therapist to say no more often. Mm, respect. Yeah. Uh, I love that. Our, um April, any any last? I mean, words you could just for? keep talking about how wonderful therapists are. No, I don't have any. I just it was it was a great conversation. And I think you know it's really going to be good for the listeners to hear that. Mm -hmm. I'm so, always championing young listeners. I want them to hear it absolutely. and run with it. So thank you very much. Well, Crit, you know, again, we we thank you. We celebrate you. We salute you. Um, we take your strength and your courage and your vulnerability, and we take it out into the community. And we just want to just say, take time, save a life and silence the shame. If you or anyone you love needs a hand, please shine light on the darkness. Spark the conversation. It's time we silence the shame. Let's talk about it.